Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. The men's and women's preseason basketball polls have come out. The Big Sky Conference. Gary Anderson is no longer at Utah State. Who's going to be? And also, Grizz Center, Michael Stedman. It is to tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine, what are we on? Wednesday afternoon? Love it. We're happy to be with all of you. Uh, excited to be here with you. Let's take a look at what we have in the show today. First of all, we're going to open up with some Big Sky Conference basketball stuff. Uh, the uh, polls came out today, or I guess late yesterday, uh, in terms of the preseason polls, men's and women's uh, coaches and media polls. So we will get to that, take a look at where it stacks up this day after, of course, the preseason all-conference teams were announced. So we will get into that. It is a Wednesday. We're going to 
give you Wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern, yes, you're welcome very much. We are happy to, uh, you know, give you something to enjoy, take home with you. So we'll get you uh, the Wings to the Desperado and uh, do a little bit of trivia along the way, have some fun there. We will talk a little bit about the Utah State opening. Gary Anderson relieved of duties after the Aggies started their season 0-3 and what that might mean for maybe some Big Sky Conference coaches who uh, could be, you know, potentially in the mix, something like that uh, at Utah State here in the uh, relatively near future. We'll take a look there. Top of the hour, very happy to have our ESPN roundtable, Michael Stedman, the uh, transfer from San Jose State, Grizzly men's basketball player, uh, center, forward but, you know, who's anything anymore on the basketball court, right? It's all it's all variety. It's all versatility, and he's certainly that. But uh, we look forward to uh, having Michael Stedman here on the show today. And uh, our first chance to uh, to talk to him live on the show. We had a little conversation with him yesterday from a couple weeks ago, just from a, a pre-practice sort of, uh, uh, you know, multiple uh, members of the media press conference style conversation. But today we'll, uh, we'll get a little more in detail with Mr. Stedman. What you just said just harkens back to my favorite Jalen Rose line. Jalen Rose says, basketball positions were created for people that don't understand basketball to explain basketball. (laughs) It's true. I mean, basketball actually has evolved to have pretty definitive um, categories of positions. But, I mean, by and large, when you're playing a a motion offense or whatever, you're going to be all over the floor. But it's interesting to see what Michael Stebbin has to say because I do think that he is a pretty compelling character um, I think that it takes, I think a lot of times for guys, you know, California guys, particularly you are getting, if you're a big time player, you're going to be getting interest from everybody in the state. And then it starts to basically pare itself down. Everybody's going to know the six, every six ten kid in the state of California from UCLA to USC to San Jose state, San Diego state, whoever it might be. But you start getting the letters when you're a sophomore or whatever. And then all of a sudden, okay, now you realize, okay, I'm probably a mountain West recruit. That's good. I'm going to pick them out west. But everything that we've heard from Travis DeCure, and probably I think that Michael Stedman will echo those sentiments, but I'm interested to hear his take on the whole thing, is that he knew about the University of Montana program, and he decided, hey, the two things that are important to me is being the best version of myself as a basketball player and otherwise, and winning. And it sounds so basic, but a lot of times it's hard for young men to make those kinds of decisions. And so I think the fact that he did take the leap to come to Montana to sit out a year to play a year. But now he's blessed with this chance to play maybe multiple years. The way he's transformed his body and all that and just the frame that he has, it's just going to be so interesting to me because like we said yesterday on the show, there's really no schools that that run as post-oriented of an offense as Montana does. And when you overlay that with the state of the big sky in general, that it's such a guard-heavy league, I just think the guy has the opportunity to put up enormous numbers. And if he's hungry enough to do it, I think it'll be a a really fun story to follow. Well, we'll look forward to talking with him at uh, at the top of the hour during the roundtable. So there you go. That is the show. If you want to call, we'd be happy to have you in here, be part of it, 361-3688. All guests join us via the Regis Brothers RV phone line. You can text that phone number as well, 361-3688. If you would like to listen live, you can do so on the stream. The stream is available all the time. It is available thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank of Montana, your local bank, your opportunity. I want to take a moment right off the top to recognize it is, of course, Veterans Day today. And uh, we are, our thoughts are with and our thanks are to 
all the veterans of uh, the United States who are serving, who have served, my late grandfather, my late great uncle, my brother-in-law, my father-in-law all served, uh, served in the United States military in various capacities, some during the Second Great War, others more recently, uh, and uh, and we appreciate all of them over time, and uh, particularly today, we think of uh, them as uh, as we should uh, each day. But uh, you know, you got to mark these things out from time to time, and Veterans Day is one such day. So we uh, certainly, Coulter and I want to share our gratitude along with everybody else uh, to all those folks who have chosen that path of service in their lives. We appreciate them very much. No question, both my grandfathers, my my mother's father and my father's father were both in World War II. And we definitely definitely have some delayed generations on that side of the family, but it has a profound influence on the way that you are and the way that you were raised. And, you know, my uncle, he was in Vietnam and, uh, my brother's wife, her grandfather, told us a great story on Saturday. It was his 76th birthday, but his father was killed in World War II, and he never knew him. Hmm. But he told us all about the influence that had on his life and how uh, it wasn't as if, you know, so many, so often when you have an absent father, it's because they left you. And so we've seen so often when the next generation either repeats the cycle and or delineates from and is a, a tremendous father, somebody that doesn't walk away, somebody that gives everything to their children. And uh, Richard was telling us, you know, hey, like, it was neither one of those. I just never knew him, but I always knew his memory, and I always knew what he gave for me and for us and for our country, and so I never wanted to let him down. And, you know, Dick was also in the Marines too, so uh, shout out to him. I know he watches the show from time to time. But happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there because we wouldn't be able to be doing something so trivial as a sports talk radio show if not for the uh, sacrifices made by many men and women that came before us. Absolutely. Well, very much uh, indebted to uh, to all of them, of course, and, and again, uh, uh, our thanks to them. Uh, Coulter, as it is, to tell Nuanas, ESPN Radio, on the 10th of November, 15 days before the scheduled start of college basketball nationwide and uh, the, the Big Sky Conference, uh, the Lady Grizz opening their season at Utah State. Uh, their preseason or non-conference schedule is out. Uh, I, I take it we expected to hear the non-conference schedule for the men's side of this thing probably uh, a week ago at least, if not even before that. Yeah. And this feels to me like there have been complications. I I, well, I, don't, I don't know anything about so, it, but it just feels like it's getting harder to do, and it's it's starting. We, we all know the trends of what COVID is doing right now and everything like that, and I think it's the complexities are rising, it feels like. Well, no question. I mean... <sighs> Got to tread lightly a little bit because I do have I have what the the Grizz non-conference schedule was supposed to be, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, under the the promise of of keeping it anonymous until they were ready to roll it out. And I I said Way of course of course I'll keep it though because nothing's official till it's official. You have to have the contract signed, so you can't report news that's not news that's yet. Right. And I, I will tell you this. Montana has explored games with a variety of schools from the Pac-12. And as we know right now, the Pac-12 is in a state of disarray, particularly the Bay Area schools. I mean, right now, Cal, their football team. Not playing. They're not playing. They have another game at Arizona State on Saturday. Now there's some controversy with the city itself because the city is regulating who can and cannot participate in practice and be on campus and all these other things. And so then it it might result in some sort of uh, altering of the travel plans. And it's just becoming uh, even more of a, uh, how do you say it? It's just a convoluted mess right now. I I don't know if there's anybody to blame for that. It's just a, a, a state of affairs. But I just think that there's a lot of hesitation on any Pac-12 school right now 
to actually sign a money game contract and bring a non-conference opponent from out of state to where they're going. And I know that Travis DeCure has talked pretty extensively about this too. He had the article on ESPN.com where he was cited by that report. I, I, the the person who wrote that story is failing me right now, but it was a great story. Travis DeCure was sort of the lead into the challenges of mid-major teams trying to find money games. There's two factors that uh, were, that stuck out to me from that story. First of all, the money games where, where mid-majors are playing high-major schools, the guarantees are usually between eighty dollars and $90,000. Mm-hmm. Because all these games are going to be played in front of, at the best, minimal crowds, and at the worst-case scenario, no crowd whatsoever, That's right. the guarantees are significantly less and possibly as much as half as much. I'm hearing $40,000 is kind of what the guarantee is. Okay, so then is the school that's buying the game, are they willing to pay for the travel? What's that look like? But then the other thing that Coach DeCure has really dug in on, and he's such a considerate guy when it comes to all this stuff, he said, hey, you know, I'm trying to find games where my team has to go from one airport to one airport. I'm not trying to go on two, three planes. We're not trying to have long bus trips and all these different things. We need to get there. Be there for as short a time as possible. Get home. That's it. Mm-hmm. To minimize exposure, minimize contacts, and all those sorts of things. So I think that's smart, but it also makes it a headache, and I think it makes it so that you have a really hard time solidifying stuff. It'll be interesting to see because the Lady Grizz getting that Utah State game I think is a big deal because it gives them a game before that opening weekend. And as we know when we went over the Big Sky schedule, the only two schools that are playing that first weekend of December are the Grizz and Southern Utah. I can't remember who. No, is the December second and third weekend? Yeah, is there several? No, I, I think it's everybody except for two is playing oh, okay. on that weekend because the cats don't have it, right? That's right. The cats are out on that weekend, okay. and that's their their buy okay, oddly okay. enough. Okay, but but the point still stands. You want to play before you play, right? You sure. want to play a couple games at least, at sure. least one before you jump into what turns out to be the first conference games of your schedule, which are the I think the third and fifth of December. Right, and I think that that's why they're probably dragging their feet because I think Montana wants to play as many money games as they possibly can for a variety of reasons, for yeah. the challenges of it, for the financial impact of it. But I also think that Travis Secure probably doesn't want to one take a, the court for a Big State Conference game with this brand new team that has so many new faces on it without playing any game whatsoever. So then, okay, can you sneak in a, playing a Montana Tech or whatever it might be just to get one game and get a home game or whatever it might be? So the other thing worth noting, this is just good reporting by our colleague Sean Rainey, uh, SWX Montana. Uh, he reported earlier today that uh, his sources say the health department is working towards approving six to 700 fans at Grizz home games. Yeah. I don't know where that stands in terms of the um, – the financial impact, what's the cost to return ratio for 700 fans compared to the people that are going to have to pay to be there to administer the game? Right. Uh, I don't know, but I mean, at least it's it's something in terms of you know maybe allowing the games to be had in front of people that want to watch them. So we'll, we'll see how that all plays out mm-hmm. as well. Well, Coulter, let's jump into this, which is sort of the, the, the meat of what we wanted to discuss here off the top, and that is the preseason polls for Big Sky Conference basketball. There's two of them for both the men's and women's uh, uh, com- uh, you know, conference, the uh, coaches poll and the media poll. And usually these things are fairly close to one another, but there are some discrepancies in this one that I wanted to talk about with you uh, just a little bit. For the coaches poll for the men's this season, mm-hmm. Eastern Washington is number one with nine first place votes. Montana is number two with one first place vote. There's only 11 voters, obviously. There's only 11 teams 
games. So you get the you, you, 11 total votes. So nine of them went to Eastern Washington. One went to the Grizzlies. For the media poll, same thing. Eastern Washington uh, is first, Montana second. There were 28 voters in this year's media poll. 24 of those went to Eastern Washington, and two of them went to Montana. Two others in the media poll went to Northern Colorado, who is third in that media poll. Third in the coaches poll is Weber State, interestingly enough. They are fifth in the media poll. Now, we talked a little bit about Weber State yesterday, and you know you were talking about, look, I mean, they were clearly down last year, but it, it, this is something that may be a bit of a trend in Ogden, Utah right now in terms of, you know, men's basketball. <clears throat> I still think you consider to, you know, believe in Randy Ray. If anybody's got a body of work where you, you certainly give the benefit of the doubt and maybe the expectation of a rebound, it would be to Randy Ray at Weber State. I don't know what they have there. They graduate Jarek Harding after, again, an injury-riddled senior year. I know they got a couple of players returning, uh, uh, but um, it's hard to say what they have. But to see them in third, I thought, was a little bit surprising. By the way, just to round it out in the coaches' poll, Weber State again third, Portland State four, Northern Colorado five, and then Montana State there at six. Southern Utah, who you like very much, is down at seven in the coaches' poll. In In the media poll, it's Eastern, Montana, and then Northern Colorado, Montana State, is fourth in the media poll again, sixth in the in the coaches poll. Weber State drops to fifth from third uh, from the coaches poll into the media poll, and then Southern Utah is there at seven with Portland State uh, at, at or Southern Utah, excuse me, at six. Portland State at seven. Notably, for what it's worth, the bottom four are identical in both polls: Northern Arizona, Sacramento State, Idaho State, Idaho. In that order, from eighth through eleventh, Idaho State and Idaho at the bottom of both of these polls. So, thoughts? Well. I, I'm not surprised whatsoever that Weber State was voted third in the coaches poll because exactly what you said, what you said yesterday on the show and what you just said right here too. I think that for as much respect as Travis DeKeer has around the Big Sky Conference, there's no one that has as much respect amongst his coaching peers as Randy Ray. I mean, he's been to the NCAA tournament five times. He's won five Big Sky Conference coaches of the year. He... You know, they've even been the number one seed regular season champ even more times than they've actually won the Big Sky Tournament. So he's tried and true. I mean, he's been there for, you know, close to 15 years. He comes from a prestigious coaching tree, having worked for Stu Morrill at both Utah State and Colorado State. And he's really made that program his. And, you know, they, they're they invested in it a lot at a lot higher level than anybody else in the Big Sky, including Montana. And, I mean, I know Travis DeCure negotiated this great contract this last offseason that makes him – very competitive in terms of his salary, particularly for getting a chance to live in Montana too. But I mean, Ray Ray, he signed that eight year extension. And I mean, his base is like 385, which is out there, you know, a couple hundred grand more than anybody else in the league has Mm -hmm. as a base salary. And, and it's well-deserved. I mean, he's the all time winning coach in the history of the big state conference in terms of league victories. He's getting close to being one of the longest tenured coaches. Um, There is a shelf life on it. I mean, I, I think that the big sky on the women's side has become a destination league where, People say for a long time, Robin Selvick, 38 years, Wendy Schuler, 20 years, Patricia Binford, I don't see her leaving anytime soon. She's been there for 16 years in Montana State. But the reason I think that Randy Ray has, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. He's been a great coach, but also 
so many of the other guys that have been peers of his in terms of being as sharp a coach as he is have gone on to other jobs. He hasn't. There's a lot of different reasons for that, but that's here nor there. I'm not surprised Weber was number three in the coaches poll. The other thing is just perusing through their roster. They do they did bring in a couple late transfers that have since got approved, including Dante Bassett, who is a six foot nine, two hundred and fifty five pound center from the university formerly of the University of Florida. Uh, the other guy I think that no one around the league, besides people that are know the league internally, uh, maybe not they don't know about quite yet is a guy named Donatus Kupsis, who was, uh, he was one of the top international players from Lithuania. He was hurt last year, but he should be a huge contributor as a six foot nine stretch guy. And then the last guy who's an intriguing guy on Weber's roster is a guy that actually sat out last year, but this guy was one inch from coming to Montana, mm. Isaiah Brown. He's from Seattle. He started his career for Dan Marley at Grand Canyon, but then went to Northwestern and then was so close to coming to Montana, and instead he went to Weber State, so he's a guy to watch, too. The other thing that stands out about the coaches' poll is Portland State getting that first-place vote. Portland State returns no starters. Right. Portland State can't practice. You want to know who knows more about all the transfers the Portland State got than anybody else, though? The other coaches in the league. Yeah. So the fact that somebody picked them one, and then the fact that they're fourth in the poll, that's one where I go out. A lot of times I say, okay, Coaches know this and this this really well. Sometimes maybe they don't have the full scope of things, especially like Big Sky Conference, all-conference football, right? Yeah. They don't see some teams, so maybe the media does know that part a little bit better. Because right. if you don't play Portland State, how do you know Portland State? Basketball, they know the rosters. They probably all at least gave a call to a lot of the guys that are on the transfer wire. And so to me, that's a little bit eye-opening and, and definitely gives a little bit of validity to what Barrett Peary has going on at Portland State. Because when you look at this roster, I know it's hard to pin quality based on where a guy came from, but they have transfers from Temple, Washington, Utah. I mean, on down the line, UC Davis, uh, Arizona State, Arizona, Fullerton College. So, I mean, they got guys from all over, and uh, that's one thing that they do really well. So we'll see how Portland State pans out. Just speaking in 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 broad generalities for, for listeners, especially you know when you're not looking at it on the paper, it's a little hard to see. Tutel Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. Here's the point. Here's the big takeaway to me of all this for both the media and coaches pool. The top of the league and the bottom of the league, everybody's in agreement on it. Yeah. The middle of the league from three through seven is a blender. It's just mm-hmm. a blender. I mean, you, you know, Weber State third and fifth. Montana State fourth and seventh. Portland State fourth and seventh. The other direction with the first place vote, like you said. So I think there's a lot of uh, just open questions about, sure. you know, about the league this year. No surprise. The, we, the other thing that I thought was, uh, well... I think this is a direct reflection of the way that coaches think as well. Like the fact that Weber's third in the media poll and Northern Colorado's third in the, or excuse me, Weber's third in the coaches poll and Northern Colorado's third in the media poll. Yeah. I, I just don't think that any coach would say a first year head coach and Steve Smiley is going to finish ahead of Randy Ray. Mm-hmm. You right. know what I mean? Right. Coaches are just like, well, you're just not going to do it. Randy's yeah. going to find a way to finish ahead of you. Um, but, but I also think that there is a little bit of influx there in those middle spots as well. I was thinking about this the other day when it comes to the cats Montana State has as many new faces as anybody. They have to replace a premier player in Harold Frey, to be sure. They do have a couple pretty proven guys in Jabril Bello and Amin Adamu. They had a couple young guys that I thought played well, especially down the stretch. I know you really like Borja Fernandez. I thought he really came on last year. Mm -hmm. Sprinkles also added a ton of talent, and we'll see what those guys can do. There's been... uh, Good scuttle coming out about Devin Kirby's progression. I guess he's put on a lot of weight, but also some of their newcomers, guys like Mike Hood, Xavier Fisher. You think Fisher. he could hit 200? <laughs> Mike Cross with two bill thrusts. 6'11", 200? 
<laughs> one of the skinniest kids I ever met. God, I love that kid, though. He's such a good guy. Uh, but Mike Hood and, and Xavier Bishop, I think that there's some skepticism about what those guys can do in the big sky because we've, we've never really seen what Danny Sprinkle plans to do with those guys. That's right. They're tiny. Both of them are tiny. Small. 5'8". But he plans on pressing Running. and letting them go. Yeah. And I just yeah. I don't know what's the give and take. I mean, Jarek Harding's kind of the only real blueprint we have for him. And I think even he's bigger than Xavier Bishop and Mike could. But the number one thing I think about Montana State, though, is that it, we've talked a lot about the culture of men's college basketball. Yeah. Transferring's a way of life. You made a great point yesterday in your take about how, you know, what's new, what's old, who returns, who doesn't. It's a lot harder to gauge nowadays, and you really can't gauge predicting success based on that because everybody, even if you're the defending league's champs, is going to have half their roster overturned every single year. But I think that the dynamic that so many schools are searching for in their coaches are guys that are fair, disciplined, but also that the kids want to play for. Mm. And, and that sounds silly, but there was a, a for a long time, the, the notion of do you want to play for this guy or not was so far down the list because you felt a sense of duty that you had to. That was just the way that the culture was. I mean, how many people really enjoyed their time playing for Bobby Knight? Right. Not very many, but I'm sure they enjoyed winning. I'm sure they enjoyed going undefeated multiple times. Right. And, but now, catering to the kids, and some would say coddling the kids, it's an art. And I think that you know, Travis DeCure, as we know, is an incredibly demanding coach. He can wear some guys out. Shante Leggins, yeah, he does a pretty good job of standing, grandstanding for his guys and making them feel, you know, a part of something and confident. But to me, the number one guy I think that has the new age portion of what I'm talking about is Danny Sprinkle. Yeah, and that's going to be, I think, the thing that is the determining factor. Could the Cats go out and get a, a buy in the Big Sky Conference tournament? Yes. What's the number one factor to that happening, though? It's playing for each other and playing with each other way more than it is their talent. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I I, I totally agree with you, uh, Coulter. Let's jump over uh, to the women's side of this thing, and it's interesting in a couple ways. First of all, the top five teams in the women's poll identical between the coaches and the media yep. poll. Idaho and Idaho State, in fact, in the in the coaches poll are tied for first, both with ninety one points. Idaho did get four first place as opposed to Idaho, Idaho State. Uh, got two, but Idaho, Idaho State won two, Northern Arizona three, Montana State is four after having the best season in the history of, of their school, but they do graduate, I think, six girls off six of that seniors, team. Yep. So, uh, you know, they, there's there's a lot of talent still at Montana State, but it's going to be a, almost a, a wholly brand new team. Uh, Montana State four, and then Northern Colorado at five. Six, seven is basically interchangeable. Montana is sixth in the coaches poll, seventh in the media poll. That is inverted for Portland State. Uh, they're six and seven the other way southern utah is eight in both polls sacramento state and eastern washington are ninth and tenth respectively depending on the poll and then weber state is last in both polls so uh the main thing though is is the top but here's what i want to you can talk to me about montana montana state or whatever you'd like to do here's what i find interesting sure a lot of times in athletic departments in general i mean if you get a department rolling you know teams can kind of you know you get that you get that good i mean call it culture call it call it vibe emotion sure. of it and, yep. and 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 you kind of get a thing rolling a lot of schools can be good at a lot of things at the same time yep particularly when there's a men's and women's version of the same sport no question and yet the women's the best teams in the women's side are exactly inverted 
as the best teams in the men's. Like the, the Idaho and Idaho State are the two worst teams according to you know the preseason polls, and also go ahead and and uh, uh, throw Northern Arizona in there for you know for the men's, and then on the women's polls, they're the two best teams in Northern Arizona three, and I find it. I mean, it's just ironic. I don't know that there's anything to read into it, but sometimes you think, okay, if you're going to be good at a sport, kind of both sports get some love, but that is just not the case right here right now. Well, I I mean, I honestly think that it's you can read into it, and it's very easy to read into. I think that the bar for success in the sport of basketball has been set by the women's programs at Idaho and Idaho State, Mm. and therefore I think that the men are held to that standard and have not been up to that standard, so they've seen multiple coaching changes to try to reach that standard. I mean, I really do think that... I mean, I I think that Seton Sobolewski and John Newley have um, pretty powerful standing in their athletic departments because if you can win at those two places, and those two guys have won a ton at the two places that they're at... I think that it does prove that you can win. You can win in Moscow, Idaho. You can win in Pocatello, Idaho. And the, that success has largely eluded the the men's programs. And I think that the, the standard is held there. And, you know, what you just described is so interesting because I think that sometimes we can see the coach make all the difference in the world, and that's exactly what's happening with Northern Arizona women's basketball. Northern Arizona's men's basketball has not been able to refine its footing from when they were one of the best programs in the league. I mean, it's easy to forget that Ben Howland was at Northern Arizona. Right. Northern Arizona was, I mean, Northern Arizona beat the Grizz in the conference championship game, I think, two different times. I mean, Blaine Taylor definitely lost the game to Northern Arizona in the, in the Big Sky Championship game uh, years back. And so the, the, they're trying to refine that success because they know it can be accomplished at NAU. And, uh, but the, the schools that, should have and do have what you're describing. The number one school is Montana State right now. They got the defending women's champions, although the men had a little bit of a rebuilding year last year. It still wasn't that big of a rebuild because no. they had a winning record and they finished fifth in the conference in Danny Sprinkle's first year. Mm-hmm. And so that's the one where, okay, both teams are in the top four. That's the one where you can sell the season ticket package for both the men and the women. And the other one's Montana. And that's why Montana, like I said on the show yesterday, they have to fight tooth and nail to figure out a way to get the women's basketball program back on track because it's such a huge revenue advantage. And it's also so important for the, the internal environment of their of the athletic department just like yeah. you're talking about if you have the success travis the had now bobby Houck has football trending directly up i mean great momentum on the football side of things you have to figure out a way to bring women's basketball along you cannot let that go because you've had the dominant hold on that portion of the big sky for so long it's to tell nuanas 1029 espn radio we'll get maybe a little bit more into that and also this turns out so so happens to be the first day of the two-week early signing period for winter sports, most notably, of course, for us here, basketball, Mm -hmm. and a couple of notable signees. So in next hour, we will get into uh, who's going where, what we know, and what's official now in uh, the state of Montana and and, and some of the kids that have uh, signed on. It's also worth noting, too, like you said, this is the opening of the signing period. It is a two-week signing period, and there's not the same fervor and sense of urgency like there is in football where everybody's fax is going to be in. That's the thing that people forget, too. Like the the first Wednesday in February, National Signing Day for football, is is actually also the opening of a signing period. It's just that college football 
programs love to have this big ado about it in the press conference and all that. But even lately, we've seen well, now they got the the early signing. They period. do too, but yeah. uh, but even now though, we've seen you know a letter of intent trickle in here or there, you know, later than the actual football signing right. day. But the one thing to remember though is like Montana State just put out a release for their men's basketball signings because all four letters of intent are in. Montana has not, but that doesn't mean the guys that are committed aren't coming. Sometimes it just takes a day or two to process the paperwork. Sure. And again, it's not put such a high priority on because they don't need to have this whole dog and pony show. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, you want some wings? We got wings for you. Got some uh, trivia for Coulter. Don't start looking at it. Don't start thinking about it ahead of time. You don't want to spring it on you. Okay. Uh, so uh, stick around for that. We'll get you sorted out. Hey, sports, they're back. We know that, right? And if you want to watch them, which, of course, you do, college football, NFL, you go to the Silver Slipper. The Silver Slipper has 55 televisions for you to watch games on. They have drink specials every single day, 20 keto machines, a liquor store, and, well, pizza. And you need anything else than that? I don't think so. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team than at the Silver Slipper. The Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty drinks, and their urge to have a good time. And by the way, the card room is back and open games nightly at 7 o'clock. You can call or text 333-1500. That's 333-1500 or visit MissoulaPoker.com for more info. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets across the street from Walmart on Brooks. And also, check them out on Facebook for up-to-the-minute info. And again, find out all of their daily drink specials, the Silver Slipper. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. At Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT. Those are your Twitter handles. Go go at me, man. Is that what you're supposed to say? Get at me. Get at me. Don't at me. No, do at me. Do at me. At me. At Gus Tutel. <laughs> Such a weird vocabulary we've worked oh, our man. way into here. When you're so old, is it weird learning new things? No. No. The more I, uh, the, the older I get and the more I learn, the more I realize that I just, just, you know, not to be too, like, what is it, Buddhist about it? Just I don't know anything, you know? And you uh, go. Are you stressed out about your uh, pending 40th birthday? No. Will that ruin your punk rock dad persona? I mean, if that's what I have already, I'm thrilled. And, and what do you mean? You don't think that's it, huh? You don't think that's what you what you got going? I mean, I'm not saying it is. I just don't think I'm the one to discuss. That's for you and the media to talk about. That's, mm, that's not right, for me. That's right, that's right. If you had better shoes, you'd be nailing it. Yeah. Well, if I had better feet, I'd have better shoes. <laughs> but as it is, I need these shoes. Their prescription. It's you telling new one is one of two ninety ESPN radio. Uh, it is time for a Wing It Wednesday. You like that? Oh, man. Uh, you man. like that, You're Coulter? You're so funny. If you, hey, if you guys want to see the thing that made me the most sick to my stomach today, <laughs> go on Twitter. 
And uh, you don't need to go any hashtags about the election or Britney Spears or anything like that. All you need to do is go hashtag Skull, S-K-O-L, it's the Vikings hashtag, and it will lead you to a video of Kurt Cousins singing during various portions of his youth. And at the same time... Not that young. I mean, high school, at least it's not Michigan State days. Certainly. Um, And it will... uh, He's He's in plays. He's in a play. At, at the same time, it uh, makes me nauseated and is so affirming for everything I always believed about <laughs> what it takes to be a leader of an NFL team and why he cannot do it. Oh, my goodness. Poor guy. Uh, all right, boys and girls, it is time for a little bit of Wing It Wednesday. We have ourselves a bunch of wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern, which we are about to give to you. Uh, well, right now, uh, here's the deal. You call 361-3688, 361-3688, and uh, you just give Reese your info. Bang, just like that, you got wings. And for Coulter, I got trivia questions, so here we go. Boy, some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. Tell me likey. Tell me what, wingy. The Desperado bringing us a little bit of trivia, and Coulter, I got trivia for you, all right? Okay. Oh, okay. How about that? There yeah, we go. Yeah. yeah, get the mic on. Uh, all right, Coulter, mm-hmm. some NFL trivia. Okay. And then some boxing. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Question number one, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. The only undefeated team in the NFL. They are. What team is the second best team by record in the league? The Kansas City Chiefs. With the record of? Eight and one. And behind them, the alone in third place best record in the league is who? The Buffalo Bills. Very good. Seven and two. There's like, I don't know, a handful, several six and two teams. There is. That have all had buys, but Buffalo has not had their buy yet. Yep. Thus, they get up there with that seven and two spot. Mm-hmm. But interesting, only two teams with either what's, zero. What's Seattle six and one? No, they're six and two because they, like, they lost the Bills. To last the Bills. Week. That's right. So, right, right. so they they're a two loss team. Handful of good teams in the league. Very good. Now, we go to the other side. Mm-hmm. J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Despite their very best effort, could not get out of their own way late in the fourth quarter and are defeated mm-hmm. 0-9 on the season. Also, no buy yet for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Who is... Oh, they're the only winless team, by the way. Who is the next worst team in the league? There's only one one-win team. Is That's that what right. you're telling one, me? That's right. One one-win well, team. I know that the Washington football team lost to the New York football giants to pull them even with two wins each in the standings. What a trash division. Um, let's see. The Falcons won a game uh, against the Broncos, so they now have the two wins. The Vikings are red hot. They better went one two straight, they went two right? Straight, Look out. So they got three Skull. wins. Skull. Okay, let me think about this quickly. I can go through the divisions really fast in my head. Well, how about this? Um, they were 1-0. and Dallas Cowboys. Nope. Mm. They've won two. They've won two games. Dallas they beat Cowboys the have. Falcons and who? I can't remember, but I know they've won two. Mm. They were one and zero. Oh. This team was one and zero oh and has gone goose egg seven straight. One and seven. All right, you ready? No, hold on. Look, you uh, thinking gonna... is bad radio. I know. I know it is bad radio. Let's see. They're not out of the AFC East. They're not out of the NFC East. They're not out of the AFC. 
Oh, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is the dairy. You almost said they're not in the yeah, a- yeah, yeah. AFC no, South. And they beat and the Colts, said, and yes, they turned they my are. whole opinion on the Colts upside down. But now the Colts keep winning, and I still don't know what to think of the Colts. That loss, I mean, I, said, I just don't know how you gave up 35 points to that team, and That's the Jags right. have been t- terrible all the way around. Um, Can I tell my funny Jacksonville Jaguars story really quick? Oh, would you please? Yes. Okay, I, d- I don't know why this is, and this is actually, it's, a, it's definitely a hit to my uh, journalism armor a bit, but I just I, I just find it so funny that Idaho is so bad at football. I have massive respect for what is Idaho and their athletic lineage. I think it's really good that they're back in the big sky. I think it's tremendously good for basketball, especially on the women's side. I think John Newley is about as good as it gets mm-hmm. in women's basketball, and I thought it has been a joy to cover them in women's hoops for the last several years, and I think that their men's hoops team is intriguing, even though they have been bad the last couple of years. But the football thing, the fact that they left, moved up, didn't succeed and came back down. It's just such an interesting deal. But part of the narrative that has been, uh, I shouldn't say funny because funny is not the right word, but compelling for non-positive reasons has been the quarterback carousel Mm. at Idaho. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I covered Idaho Live, this is when they were still in the FBS, Jeff Choate's first game of his career at Montana State was at the University of Idaho. A game filled with intrigue because Idaho returns Matt Linehan, the son of Scott Linehan, who is a potential NFL quarterback. He's chasing all those great Idaho quarterbacks records like yep. Doug, Doug Nussmeyer and John Freeze. And uh, that Idaho team was very good. And they ended up actually winning nine games and winning a bowl game, even though they only beat Choate's Bobcats 20-17 to the first game of the year. That was actually their, one of their closer games. They turned it around. They went on and won a bowl and all of that stuff. Since then, though, the quarterback deal at Idaho has been crazy. And because they play, because of their, their natural recruiting region and because they play in a dome and because they have great quarterback lineage, Idaho has, by and large, always been able to get good quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, I mean, honestly, more often than not over the last 30 years, the guy who's been the starting quarterback for Idaho for multiple years has gotten a shot, if not been in the pros. They've had multiple pro quarterbacks come out of Idaho. So when Linehan graduated, I thought, okay, now they're moving back to the big sky. Are they going to be able to bring in another hotshot guy from eastern Washington or northern Idaho that's going to be able to lead, lead the charge? Well, they did. His name's Jake Luton. He was in a quarterback competition yep. with Mesa Petrino, who's the son of the head coach, and Colton Richardson, who there's a lot of other political reasons to go into that. Two big dads, a big booster at Idaho. There's a lot of different factors. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that actually both of them are decently talented kids, but Luton was the dude. He was brought in as like a three star recruit. He's supposed to be the guy who's coming after Matt Linehan. He was there for two years. He clearly saw the writing on the wall that he was not going to be able to overcome uh, the political uh, obstacles that were in front of him. So he transferred up to Oregon State. He becomes a two-year starter for the Beavers. He becomes a six-round draft pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He replaces Gardner Mishu last week. And even though the Jags lost, Jake Luton looked dang good. He threw for over 300 yards. And I just couldn't help but laugh thinking, that's the guy Idaho could have had. But instead, they've been stumbling their way for the right. two, first two years back <laughs> in the big sky because of all these other different factors. And you don't want to go too much into it, but I just thought it was just crazy like, think of Idaho's. It is, it think, is of, crazy. think of Idaho's receivers last couple of years. You got Jeff Cotton. Oh, right. You got T- Control Hayward. Really you got good David Ungerer. I mean, these are some of the best receivers in the league. Imagine an NFL guy throw. I mean, Jeff Cotton probably gets a better shot in the NFL if yeah. he's catching passes from an NFL quarterback. I mean, he he torched Montana last time he was here. He he, he was good against Montana State too. I just think it's crazy to think about what could have been at Idaho, but now that era is over, and we'll see where they go from here. Um. One more follow-up, 
as we said, the Jets winless, the uh, Jaguars, we got to them, one and seven. There's a handful of teams that are two win teams, but there's only two teams that are two and seven. Who are those two teams? Only two teams that are two and seven. Yes. Is it the is it the Giants and the Red and the Washington football team? It is the Giants and the Washington football team has had a bye. So oh, they escape. So they, they are also a two win team. Oh man, is it, and the Cowboys. It's the Cowboys. the Cowboys. The Giants and the yeah, Cowboys yeah. are both two and seven. Unbelievable. You're like scaling the divisions, you're like, oh, there's that one division where there's four total wins in the whole thing. Uh I'm only- How many wins are the Eagles gonna win that division with? Over or under six? They got um, three right now. Well, he, here's what I'll say. It it will not be more than six. You don't think? I, they've already got a tie. I think that they. I think six is probably the number or five. Uh, Coulter, uh, I bring this one up because, as you know, uh, despite my aversion for, for, for UFC, mixed martial, mixed martial arts, and so forth, I do really enjoy boxing I, I, uh, no 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 i, no, I, I, I need it. a more definitive explanation uh, you know i've that. spent i've spent how many hours trying to break this down it's you know it's not my thing in any case uh one of my absolute favorite boxes and i'm not going to sit here and pretend like i've got you know uh any corner on the boxing market by any stretch but terrence bud crawford mm-hmm. is first of all such a phenomenal boxer but also just a a, a just a I mean, can I say lovable guy? Like, he is yes. just as uh, appealing as, as they get to me. He will be fighting Saturday, re-entering the ring against Kell Brook. By the way, Kell Brook, pretty good. 41-2 and two in his professional career, Kell Brook is. It's a championship bite. Brook, by the way, who's 34 years old, uh, held the IBF welterweight title for like three years. August of 2014 through May of 2017. So this is a... This is a pro's pro now, Kel Brook. Terrence Bud Crawford, however, well, he's as good as it gets. Tell me, if you can, Terrence Bud Crawford's professional record. Mm. Man. So was that fight of his that was on ESPN the other night? Is that a replay? That, that was not. Yes. It was, he, he did not fight. He, I was trying to think, it was why just, is there a, it was a just Monday a lead up. No, it was just a lead up. It, this is a Saturday night fight that's live. And by the way, I mean, not to be you know, too much of a company guy here, but shout out to ESPN for getting, you know, top ranked boxing, top ranked boxing, but also putting it in a primetime spot and then also getting championship fights to be on. I mean, there have been some great, great fights on ESPN free, well, quote unquote, free television. So, all right, what do you think? I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to like. He's undefeated, right? That's the key. The the L is a goose egg. Yeah. Yes, he's undefeated. I, mean, I, I would say he's forty and zero. Very close. Thirty six and zero. Terrence Bud Crawford. I think he's thirty three. You know, it ain't it ain't like the old days, Coulter, where you went up there and you fought eight times in a calendar year. You know what I mean? What I mean, even 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 Mike Tyson shot fought like twenty four fights in like twenty four months. Now, granted, that whole thing lasted twenty four minutes <laughs> <laughs> through that stretch. Right, so you know it, it, you got to take that into account. But anyway, Bud Crawford, thirty-six year, uh, thirty-six and zero, and I think he's thirty-three. So I mean, by boxing standards, thirty-three-year-old and thirty-four-year-old, this is you know we're kind of curtain call here a little bit on this thing. But when you put your un, your perfect undefeated record, I mean, it is if you've held if you've held belts, if you've been a championship fighter, and Bud Crawford has at multiple weight levels. 
and you have a zero in your loss column, to walk back out there again against not a nobody, far from it, another championship fighter, I think it's to be commended because there is, uh, I don't know if mystique is the word, but guys who are really, really good, I think, want to make sure they keep that thing undefeated because that's lineage stuff. You know what I'm saying, Coulter? Absolutely. I mean, it's... I think it's it's more important for the non-heavyweights to be undefeated be, because like the rivalries that have existed throughout the modern history of heavyweight boxing is part of the allure. Like I don't even if Muhammad Ali would have gone undefeated, I don't even know if his legacy would be as great as it actually was. You know what I mean? Like the fact that he Absolutely. The fact that he got the title stripped, came back and won it. The fact that then he lost the title and then came back and won it. I mean, he he earned revenge and got the redemption for all of the missteps of his career except for towards the end obviously when it ended in a less than stellar fashion, but that's part of the allure of what Muhammad Ali was and those rivalries Muhammad Ali, you know, Ali Frazier, Ali Foreman those are part of what makes boxing so great. And even Mike Tyson and Vander Holyfield and some of the other rivals that Tyson had, I think that the heavyweights get a little bit more of a, of leeway because they have peers, whereas it, I think it is important, especially because you got guys like Sugar Ray Robinson and Roy Jones Jr. and Floyd Mayweather that have come close to or actually gone undefeated in their careers. The, the one thing, though, where I will say, you know, where I look at and I admire a guy like Terrence Crawford and I don't, for the in this respect, uh, a, a guy like Floyd May, Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather had a peer in his mm-hmm. weight class, or roughly within his weight class, who was a, a title holding, perfect uh, record having fighter in Manny Pacquiao, and would not fight him when it when it mattered, when it would have really mattered, when they were both at the peak of their powers. He waited, and and Manny Pacquiao slipped. Manny Pacquiao fell off yep. towards the end of his career, and then he fought him, and it was, you know, an okay fight, but it was one that was not nearly in as much doubt as it would have been, and the delay, to me, was explicitly a record-guarding maneuver by Pacquiao, and I think, and he's been roundly criticized for that, among very many other things, which he should be, because you know what, you, you want to say that you're the best fighter? Well, then, go be the best fighter, and if you're not, then deal with that, but don't sit here and, and do a song and dance for year after year after year after year until you feel like, oh, okay, now now I got this, you know, that's, that is, you know, done with that, over that. All right. It's two tell nuanas, boys and girls. It's been a little bit of a trivia from the Desperado Sports Tavern. Here's what we're going to do. The best wings in the city of Missoula are at the Desperado. You know that, okay? Well, we've given some away. We're going to give away more right now. 361-3688. You want wings to the Desperado? Get the sauce going. Get the ranch, maybe the blue cheese, whatever you're into, over at the Desperado. Man, they're as good as it gets. 361-3688. 361-3688. You call that phone number right now. You got yourself wings to the Desperado over there on South Russell. The best wings in Missoula. And frankly, a bunch of other about the best things you can get anywhere as well. You're talking about burgers, steaks, great beer selection, everything. The Desperado's got it for you over there on South Russell. All right. Wings from us, from the Despo to you. We appreciate them. We'll take a quick break. Gary Anderson out at Utah State. What could the ramifications be around the big sky next? 
Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Gary Anderson. Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television at Gus Sutel. At 1029 ESPN, Skyline Sports MT. Coming up, top of the hour, our ESPN roundtable with Michael Stedman, center of the University of Montana men's basketball team. Look forward to talking with him just quickly, Coulter. So we're running out of time here in this first hour. Gary Anderson was the head coach at Wisconsin where he was dismissed or left for the Oregon State job, I would say, a step down, where he was fired and went to Utah State. I don't know that Utah State is a step down from Oregon State, but it is a lower mm. conference, the least. Yeah. And after being 0-3 to start the season, including a 35-9 loss to Nevada, getting routed in all three games after a 7-9 year a season ago, Gary Anderson is unemployed. And the Utah State Aggies are in a search and being a Mountain West team in the inner Mountain West, not even a you know West Coast type of Mountain West team, all of a sudden you start thinking about big sky coaches who might find Logan, Utah, a nice landing spot for the, uh, for the next proverbial step up, so to speak. The first person that comes to my mind when I think about this stuff is Jay Anderson. Jay Hill. That's what I said. Yeah, at Weber State. Jay Hill... Uh, Coulter, we thought we're sitting here going, well, what about Utah? What about Utah? But Winningham just signed like a four-year extension to already what's like three or four years from now. I mean, he's signed at Utah through like 28 or something like this right now. So don't hold your breath to become the head coach of the Utes if that's what you're thinking about. Jay Hill, perhaps what else you think? Well, for, I mean, first of all, it's just so funny how these how small these coaching circles can get. I mean, Gary Anderson started his career in the Big Sky Conference. He was at Idaho State back in the 90s. He also coached in Northern Arizona, and he caught on with Urban Meyer for a moment. Well, first with Ron McBride and then Urban Meyer at Utah, and then came back around and coached then with Whittingham at Utah. So there's a lot of crossover there. The other thing worth noting is that former Weber State Athletic Director Jerry Bovey is an associate AD now at Utah State, so that could be a, a lure for Jay Hill. Uh, but I think that the most indicative part about this, I thought that this was coming when the season first opened because only, I think, 35 guys reported to the opening of fall camp at Utah State. And that was not because of local governments or 
they had more guys opt out than anywhere else. Right. And I mean, I we even asked Jeff Choate about it at Montana State. And you know, by the way, Jeff Choate started his coaching career at Utah State back in the day. On ties, the, on ties, right? Staff. Mm-hmm. But we asked Choate about. I, I just used that as an example, and Choate cut me off. He said, "Well, that's a culture problem, not a COVID problem." And then we carried on the rest of the question. And so I think that there was. It's been brewing there. But uh, it'll be interesting to see because I think that oftentimes we gravitate toward the notion of staying within the family. But Utah State has been down this road before. I mean, the foundation of what's been the success at Utah State over the last 10 or 15 years was laid by Gary Anderson. Gary Anderson went 11-2 and at Utah State in 2012, left for Wisconsin, won 19 games in two years with the Badgers, left mysteriously for Oregon State. No one really still knows the full story there. Fell on his face at Utah State, went, or excuse me, at Oregon State, went 7-23, and 23, circles back around, basically comes home to Utah State and took over a program that Matt Wells had taken to the next level. I mean, Utah State won 11 games They're before Matt good. Wells left, and they had the thing rolling. And then right, right now, you basically got uh, a, t- a team that's going to be forced to rebuild. So I don't know if they want to stay with that because they've kind of had the same yeah. – coaching tree do they go outside we'll see there's been some fbs assistants that have been rumored for that job but i do think that both jay hill and jeff Choate will be on a list whether it's the long list or short list we'll see but it's my opinion you can win at utah state so we'll see uh where that comes around but i think that those two names are definitely names that will be mentioned and maybe one other at least off the fringe they might be mentioned is one bobby Houck. we'll see i don't think bobby Houck is interested in that job at this exact moment but you know Anything can happen. Stu Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Hour number one in the books, hour two straight ahead. Our ESPN roundtable with Michael Stedman, center of the University of Montana men's basketball team and all-conference preseason, all-conference team in the big sky next. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.